Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another edition of Book Club. Um, Quick content warning for this one. Uh, We are going to be briefly, not in depth, but briefly discussing things around like eating disorders, unhealthy thoughts about weight, discussion around sexual assault, sexual harassment, and mental health. Honestly, yeah, we're not really going to be going too deep into these unless the conversation takes us that way, (laughs) Um, which it sometimes does. But like if you are going to go read the book, note. So yes, uh, today we are reading the international bestseller by Cho Nam Ju, translated by Jamie Chang, um, Kim Ji Young, born 1982, a novel. It was published in 2016, and it follows Kim Ji Young's life as a woman in South Korea uh, through schooling, college, family, jobs, marriage, having kids. Although there is a lot of thoughts around not having kids, in all of the intersections that come with all of that. As a woman, it is both very personable and filled with a lot of facts and statistics. It's like mm-hmm. her life, but also showcasing the broader strokes of what she's going through in her life. Right. Yes. It begins with the main character experiencing a mental health issue where she seemingly is impersonating other women, um, her mother and grandmother specifically. Her worried husband takes her to get psychiatric help. And then from there, the story steps back to certain stages of Kim Ji-young's life. Um, Her experience being a second daughter of a family of three kids, the youngest one being a son, um, in a society that has preference for sons. It details her experience as a child, a student, a wife, her college experience, her career. And eventually, she's pressured to leave work by her husband to have a kid, a son. And he promises he'll help out, but she's... In her mind, his helping out is like things he should have already been doing. She has a difficult birth to a daughter and leaves work entirely to be a housewife, something else she faces judgment for. And people criticize her for doing, uh, basically calling her a freeloader. And that's when her uh, mental health symptoms start showing up. 
And uh, Cho Nam Ju took two months to write the story, and she said she was able to do it so quickly because the main character's life was close to hers. The book has sold more than one million copies as of November 2018, making it the first million-selling Korean novel since 2009. And it was part of the feminist movement in South Korea, including the uh, Me Too movement there, the 4B movement, which we've talked about, Escape the Corset. It's been used as an example of a growing desire to discuss gender roles in the country among a certain group anyway. And a movie adaption came out in 2019. But you were also telling me that uh, it was part of a big backlash, anti-feminist backlash as well. So yeah, just as a reminder, this came out in 2016. As we talked about in our previous episodes about feminism in South Korea, the current administration actually took out women's equality task force, which is actually talked about in the book as it was developed. So there's a bit of backtracking in the government and that there's a big anti-feminist movement since then. We also talked about the double standards when this book came out, uh, when celebrities, Korean celebrities were for this or speaking up about this or loving this. Typically, if you were a woman who loved the book, you, you were seen as being too feminist and people would rip the pictures up and be very angry and talking about how they were ruining society. But if a man liked it, they were upstanding, good men. Look at them, how kind they are. They're heroes type of thing. It was really mm-hmm. interesting. It's no different today. Uh, yeah, the the movie came out in 2019 with my boy, Gong Yu. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet because it's too sad. I can't handle a lot of the sad <laughs> Korean stuff right now. It's already uh-huh. hard. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of conversation around it. It did push a lot of feminist movements, a lot of conversation, a lot of opening of the eyes. But again, uh, it also stirred up a lot of anti-feminist rhetoric, uh, talking about how women were taking men's jobs. It's been a, a pivotal point for the current administration as his platform to get more votes from the anti-feminist group of people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion happening around this, uh, this book and, and the movie specifically, and the role it played in all of that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It is really interesting if you want to look up more. Uh, And one of the biggest things throughout this book is tracing gender roles in certain stages of life. Yes. So let us get into some of these themes. Right. So uh, when Kim Ji-young was born, Omi Sook held the infant in her arms and wept because it was a girl, saying, I'm sorry, little girl, she said, hanging her head. Uh, Ko Bun-soon repeated warmly to her daughter-in-law, it's okay, the third will be a boy. Um, Of course, if you're at all familiar with any type of Korean history and types, actually, I guess it's Asian history and in general when it comes to children, overpopulation, and what gender is preferred, um, you you have a big conversation about uh, female babies little girls being discarded because there's too many, whether it's through abortion or whether it's through adoption or whether it's just neglect. There's a lot of really sad history. We know with a one-child policy, which was not necessarily a part of Korea, it was more so in China, but that mindset did happen in Korea uh, because the men are more likely to care for all the following things and be able to uh, take care of the entire entire group of family and community. So, yeah, there was a lot of that conversation for the longest time, which is actually not true. I found this out. For the longest time, a lot of the orphanages were thought to be filled with mainly uh, young girls. 
But it seemed that there was a lot of young boys that were adopted from Korea, more so than girls at one point in time. So very, very confusing. There's a lot of <laughs> eugenics on that side, but we're not going to talk about that quite yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, the obvious conversation is you want a boy. The blessing is the boy. Boys will always do more. Boys are taken care of. Boys are coddled. This is that idea. The book goes on. This was a time when the government had implemented birth control policies called family planning to keep population growth under control. Abortion due to medical problems had been legal for 10 years at that point, and checking the sex of the fetus in aborting females was a common practice, as if daughters was a medical problem. Uh, This went on through the 1980s and in the early 1990s, the very height of the male-to-female ratio imbalance, when the ratio of the third child and beyond was over two to one. Uh, yeah, so as I'm explaining, the the desire to have uh, young boys was much higher. Uh, you were prized much more so uh, than girls. Right, and, and uh, the author gives a lot of examples of that throughout the book. Um, here's a quote. It was a given that fresh rice hot out of the cooker was served in the order of father, brother, and grandmother, that perfect pieces of tofu, dumplings, and patties were the brothers, while the girls ate the ones that fell apart. The brother had chopsticks, socks, long underwear, and school and lunch bags that matched, while the girls made do with whatever was available. If there were two umbrellas, the girls shared. If there were two blankets, the girls shared. If there were two treats, the girls shared. It didn't occur to the child Ji Young that her brother was receiving special treatment, and so she wasn't even jealous. We actually saw an example of this in uh, Strong Woman Bonsoon, if you remember, when she uh, cries to her mother because she's always like, let your brother have it, give this to your brother, you're right. taking away from your brother. And she finally had enough. She's like, why is it always him? Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a lot of theme to that in different K-dramas where young women are actually starting to stand up for themselves. It's like, why is it him over me? Like, what makes him more important than me? So it's very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And she has a couple, a lot of times the quotes in these book clubs get, unwieldy because I just want to quote the whole book, you know? (laughs) Um, And there was another quote I had in here that I got rid of that was kind of to that point of the older sister being like, you need to eat, mom. Stop giving your noodles to him. Like, stop doing this. We're all going to eat our own portions. And it, it essentially devolving into like an argument of like, well, he's the youngest, the mom says, and the older sister is like, no, he's the boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there were a lot of examples of that throughout throughout the, the book. But there were a lot of examples of what you were talking about, of sort of girls and women questioning these things. And there was one story where um, while Ji Young was in school, there was this thing where a bunch of the girls weren't be they didn't have time to eat because they served food in order of like boys first, girls second. But there was an allotted time for eating. And so like the girls didn't have as much time to eat uh, and them questioning that and protesting that. So here's a quote around that. Um, Number one on the roster was a boy. Everything began with the boys and that felt like the right natural thing. Boys lined up first. Boys led every procession, no matter where they were headed. Boys gave their presentations first, and boys had their homework checked first, while the girls quietly waited their turn, bored, sometimes relieved that they weren't going first, but never thinking this was a strange practice. Just as we never question why men's national registry numbers begin with a one and women's begin with a two. And then I I liked this quote, um, 
teachers were in the habit of saying that girls are smarter. Students also thought that girls were smarter, more mature, and better with detailed work, but they somehow always elected boys to be class monitors. Yeah, I can relate to this. Right. <laughs> and here's the thing, like, uh, I've read so many reviews, and we're going to keep talking about it, about how, oh, wow, Korea does this, and oh, Korea is so sad, and this, I'm like, the U.S. isn't that far behind. No. Like, you can't pretend <laughs> not like this is all. not a thing. There's an extreme, and there's a level of violence that have happened in South Korea that's not looked down on today, which is really, really sad, but... It's just quiet here. Like, we're, it's just quietly said here or and or ignored. And I'm like, calm down. It's no different. It's just <laughs> less seen or less talked about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and yeah, we, we have a whole conversation about periods. And I appreciated uh, the conversation in this because I'm like, yeah, I get this. So as Ji Young lay on her stomach on the floor to do homework, she clutched her, her cramping lower abdomen and repeated to herself, I don't understand. Half the population in the world goes through this every month. If a pharmaceutical company were to develop an effective pill specifically for menstrual cramps, not the, quote, pain medication that makes you sick, they would make a fortune. Her sister filled a plastic bottle with hot water, wrapped in a towel, and passed it to her. You're right. In a world where doctors can cure cancer and do heart transplant, there isn't a single pill to treat menstrual cramps. Her sister pointed at her own stomach. The world wants our uterus to be drug-free, like sacred grounds in a virgin forest. Yeah. I don't think about that. We talk about that on so many levels, about birth control pills and how ineffective and or real dangerous it is, but no one really cares. No one really cares. I, like, legitimately had this almost this exact same conversation (laughs) with a friend of mine where she was like, I don't get why half of us just are expected to just do this. Yes. (laughs) Like deal with this on a regular basis and still perform and not like take a break or anything. Not take a break. No, everybody feels shame if we like leak on ourselves. And yet like, oh no, I'm like, what the hell? This is is the world's fault. You should all take the blame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So going on, talking about school as the next theme, which is a big theme and kind of like triggering a little bit for me. Uh, So here's a quote. The school dress code was strict, especially for girls. One time, a female student who was held up at the school gate for wearing sneakers protested it was unfair to allow T-shirts and sneakers to male students only. The student discipline teacher explained that it was because boys were more physically active. Quote, boys can't sit still for 10 minutes between classes. They run outside to play soccer, basketball, baseball, or even a maktubaki. Uh, you can't expect kids like that to button their shirts all the way to the top and wear dress shoes. And you, th- you think girls don't play sports because they don't want to? We can't play because it's uncomfortable to play wearing skirts, tights, and dress shoes. When I was in elementary school, I went outside every break to play Red Rover, Hopscotch, and Skip Rope. And as a punishment for the dress code violation and back talk, the female student had to do laps of squat walk around the school field. The teacher told her to hold the hem of her skirt together so as not to reveal her underwear, but the girl refused. Her underwear showed each time she took a step in a squat position. The teacher stopped her after one lap. Another student called down to the teacher's office for a dress code violation, asked her why she didn't hold her hem together, and she said, I wanted the teacher to see with his own eyes just how uncomfortable this outfit is. And again, this is very familiar to what is happening today in the U.S. Not the yes. squatting part, but <laughs> the dress code. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and all, yeah, I mean, we talked about that in like our sports episodes right. about the 
uniforms required for women in in professional sporting events yeah. <laughs> as opposed to men. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Here's another quote. It was a wide world out there filled with perverts. On the bus and underground, many suspicious hands grazed her bottom and breast. Some crazy bastards rubbed themselves up against women's thighs and backs. The girls were disgusted by older boys at cram school, church, and tutoring sessions, pawing their shoulders, stroking their napes, and sneaking a peek at their breast through button-down shirts and t-shirts with low-cut necklines. But the girls couldn't let out a single horrified cry. All they could do was remove themselves from the scene. School was no better. There were always male teachers who reached up and pinched the soft flesh of the underarm, patted students on the bottom, or ran their hands down the spine over the bra strap. Her 10th grade homeroom teacher was a man in his 50s who carried around a pointer that had a hand pointing just the index finger on the tip, which he used to poke girls in the breast under the guise of drawing attention to the missing name tags or to lift girls' skirts to, quote, check their uniforms. When he left the stick on the podium by mistake one day after morning announcements, one classmate with heavy breasts, whose name tag the teacher often checked, marched to the front, threw the stick on the floor, and trampled on it over and over as she wailed. The girls near the front quickly picked up the broken pieces and got rid of them, and her best friend hugged her and comforted her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I had a teacher like that, too. We all knew about him. Mm. 
Um, and then there's a whole story that uh, she tells about this guy who's following her on a bus and he's threatening her. Um, and he kind of is like, well, you're always smiling at me. And then when she finally kind of gets away from him with the help of a woman who notices like, oh, of what she's going through, her father kind of yells at her for wearing short skirts um, for, quote, talking to people, which also feels very familiar. Yes. But here are some quotes around that. Ji Young felt she should thank her and called her again. The woman said she was glad Ji Young was fine and suddenly declared, it's not your fault. There were far too many crazy men in the world. She'd had her share of run-ins with these people, and the problem was with them, not with the women. Hearing this made Ji Young cry. Trying to swallow her tears, she couldn't say anything back. And then it continues. Ji Young quit the cram school. For a long time, she couldn't go near a bus stop after dark. She stopped smiling at people and did not make eye contact with strangers. She was afraid of all men, and she screamed sometimes when she ran into her younger brother in the stairwell. But she kept thinking about what the woman said. Not my fault. There's far more great guys out there. If the woman hadn't said that to her, Ji Young would have lived in fear for even longer. It's kind of one of those things where it's like so sad that she quit. Mm-hmm. And she felt all of these things because uh, we do see that. We see women being forced out of things so often and quitting because of things like this. But it's also nice that she had this woman saying like, no, it's not your fault. Um, and that those words meant so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But unfortunately, that is not the last of that type of treatment Ji Young would experience. So now we're moving kind of the like jobs and careers section. So here's a quote. Gone were the days when parents thought girls didn't have to get good grades or receive the same education as boys. It had long since been the norm for girls, like boys, to put on a uniform, carry a backpack, and attend school. Girls thought about what they would like to do when they grew up, just as boys did. They planned their careers and competed to achieve their goals. This was a time of widespread social support for women's ambitions. In 1999, the year Kim Eun-young turned 20, new legislation against gender discrimination was introduced, and in 2001, the year Kim Jiyoung turned 20, the Ministry of Gender Equality was formed. But in certain pivotal moments in women's lives, the woman stigma reared its head to obscure their vision, stay their hands, and hold them back. The mixed signals were confusing and disconcerting. Yeah, that's kind of like what you were talking about with all kind of the back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, they're on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have this conversation where she is listening in uh, on what men talk about when women are around, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so here it is. Ew, that's like chewing gum someone else spit out, said a familiar voice. It was an older member of the club who enjoyed drinking but didn't force others to do so and often bought the younger members food but avoided eating with them unless they felt uncomfortable. She'd also had a good opinion of his level-headed, practical way of handling things. Jiang couldn't believe her ears. She listened harder, but couldn't deny that it was him. He could have been drunk, or perhaps he had said what he said to overcompensate for being found out about his feelings for her and had to say something harsh to discourage the guys from playing matchmaker. She thought of many possibilities, none of which helped to make her feel less devastated. Even the usually reasonable sane ones verbally degrade women, even the women they had feelings for. That's what I am. Gum someone spat out. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. You see, they kind of like had a, a good relationship and 
she overheard this. And then the next day, the guy is all like, oh, no, I'm still nice. I'm still the good guy. I'm mm. being nice to her. But after she'd heard this, this. Um, so it was, it was pretty, it was a tough scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's another one. Sometimes when she was exhausted, she felt like giving up. Anjana's cliched words of encouragement, once you get to college, you will lose weight and get a boyfriend, truly inspired her because Anyang actually did lose weight and get a boyfriend in college. Yeah, this was a pretty big theme. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and we're not going to talk about it too much, but that was that was pretty prevalent throughout. Here's another quote. She had looked around the office one day and realized that there were no women above a certain pay grade. She spotted a pregnant woman in the company dining hall and asked the people at her table how long the company's maternity leave was. And none of the five, including one department head, knew the answer because none of them had ever seen an employee go on maternity leave. She couldn't picture herself at the company 10 years down the road and resigned after some thought. Her boss grumbled, this is why we don't hire women. She replied, women don't stay because you make it impossible for us to stay. Yeah, which is, again, something we see and talk about to this day. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, there was another scene kind of uh, earlier in, in the university where ji went to a career fair and there were no women. Right. Hardly any women there. Because they never came back. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Here is another quote of sort of like a really poor, <laughs> like, uh, what is that called where we have to do those human resources meetings? Kind of oh, like that. yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> you're at a meeting with a client company. The client gets, you know, handsy, squeezing your shoulder, grazing your thigh. You know what I mean? Yeah? How will you handle that situation? Let's start with Mrs. Kim Ji Young. Ji Young didn't want to panic like an idiot or lose points by being too firm, so she shot for the middle. I'll find a natural way to leave the room, like going to the toilet or getting research data. The second interviewee asserted that it was clearly sexual harassment and that she would tell him to stop right away. If he didn't, she would press charges. The male trustee raised an eyebrow and wrote something down, which made Ji Young flinch. I would check my outfit and attitude, said the final interviewee, who had the longest to think of an answer, to see if there were any problems with it and fix anything that may have induced the inappropriate behavior in the client. Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> later, I would break his arm, Ji Young shouted later at the mirror. And you, your question is sexual harassment. And to ask that during a job interview, would you ask the same question to male candidates? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of discussion, too, around, like, cameras in women's rooms. Um, Which is posting. actually a big problem right now in South Korea. Yeah. Um, and posting those on uh, those images on pornography sites, uh, blaming women for reporting it, for, quote, turning the men into predators, um, being told it will ruin the company, ruin men's lives, which, again, unfortunately sounds very familiar. And But that's sort of the same thing. It's like it's constantly turning it on the women like you're ruining his life mm -hmm. for the thing he did to you <laughs> don't embarrass the company like all those sort of sort of conversations yeah it's a whole thing and it keeps going with when she meets up with clients the division head newly appointed just three months before after climbing the ladder in the product development division gave her an unstoppable slew of advice 
coming from experience, including backhanded compliments like, you have a nice jawline, an attractive nose, just get your eyelids done and you're golden. He asked if she had a boyfriend and whipped out felt like, no fun scoring where there's no goalie. And once women pop, they can't stop. He wouldn't stop making her drink. I've passed my limit. It won't be safe getting home. I'm done, she says. Why so concerned when there are all these guys to escort you home? Her thought says, your people are my biggest concern, she thought to herself as she furtively emptied her glass in the other empty cups and bowls at the table. She also learned that the guys were paid better from the very start, but the information started very little in Jian, who'd followed the day's quota of shock and disappointment. Which is, again, not so uncommon here, although the pay gap is higher in South Korea. Yeah, and we've talked about that a lot, especially in um, tech jobs, mm-hmm. uh, about the kind of pressure to like kind of isolate women, especially younger employees, uh, and get them drunk mm-hmm. and then take them to a hotel room or something, which is a really dangerous uh, environment. Here's another quote. For safety reasons, the company allowed pregnant employees to push their work hours back by half an hour. When she announced her pregnancy at work, one of her male colleagues exclaimed, lucky you, you get to come to work late. Lucky me, I get to retch all the time and am unable to eat or properly and I'm always tired, sleepy, and sore all over. Ji Young wanted to say, but held it in. She was disappointed by his insensitive remarks, which showed no concern for all the discomforts and pains of pregnancy, but she couldn't expect someone who wasn't her husband or family to understand that. I will say, I think for the most part in the U.S., I keep comparing it, but they kind of, people are starting to understand how laboring and how difficult pregnancy is, but there's still this attitude that it's a free ride somehow, that you get special right. treatment, which is completely absurd. Right. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot around that in, in this book of kind of the like, I don't get why we're not, <laughs> why we're treating this like a free ride. Right. Um, including this quote, because there was also a lot coming from professionals like doctors, which is something we've also talked about before. Quote, the doctor chuckled to himself. Back in my day, women used clubs to do the laundry, lit fires to boil baby clothes, and crawled around to do the sweeping and mopping. Don't you have a washing machine for laundry and vacuum cleaner for cleaning? Women these days, what have you got to whine about? Dirty laundry doesn't march into the machine by itself, Ji Young thought. The clothes don't wash themselves with detergent and water, march back out when they're done, and hang themselves on clotheslines. The vacuum doesn't roll around with a wet and dry rag, wipe the floor, and wash and dry the rags for you. Have you ever even operated a washing machine or a vacuum cleaner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of privilege in these conversations. Yes. Oh, yes. And a lot of just gaslighting of like, right? what do you have to whine about? (laughs) You've got a washing machine now. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they talk about, once again, the preference of gender in children. It says, it wasn't just the older generation. Women of Jiang's age shamelessly said things like, my first was a girl, so I was nervous until I found that the sex of the second one. I can hold my head up high around my in-laws now that I have a boy or... I started getting myself all kinds of expensive food when I found out I was having a boy. Again, trying to celebrate and impress upon the fact that boys were of more worth and therefore worthy of celebrating and or pride. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a bigger conversation we have been having, but about 
kind of the damage around what, intentional or not, what women inflict on other women yeah. of saying things like that and, 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 and not realizing sometimes the internalization that's going on. And especially, I feel like a lot of that's been happening around things like weight or, or body image. Um, but also, I saw a meme the other day <laughs> that was just like Disney villains in the 90s outright you know, like mustache, clear in the 2000s. <laughs> it was like hidden. You didn't know who they were. And now it's intergenerational trauma. <laughs> 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 <Like>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And here's the final quote. In 2014, around the time Kim Jong left the company, one in five married women in Korea quit their job because of marriage, pregnancy, childbirth, and childcare, or the education of their young children. The workforce participation rate of Korean women decreases significantly before and after childbirth. Its percentage starts at 63.8% for women aged between 20 and 29, drops to 58% for women aged 30 to 39, and increases again to 66.7% for women over 40. Hmm. Um, so, it, again, we got to kind of see these numbers, these statistics through Ji Young's experience. And she did. She ended up kind of being pressured to to leave her job and then being judged for doing so. Right. Um she got a lot of a lot of judgment from like people on uh public transportation, like right. just people all around and 
Yeah. The story is a, it's an interesting story because it begins, we see a scene of her having breaks in which she becomes a different person. You see her becoming her mother. You see her becoming her best friend who passed away during childbirth. Uh, and then it goes on to her being the actual baby um, and the husband trying to figure out what's going on. And then her being diagnosed with uh, postpartum depression. And at the very end of the book, we hear the doctor being like, okay, this is not it. This is not what we thought. We, I don't know if it's disassociative, but there's something different to this in which her trauma has gone through all this process. And even though her childhood was not necessarily traumatic in the sense of um, them being poor and or the mother being too strict or the mother not allowing her to find herself, which the mother really did, uh, wanting her to become uh, who she wanted to be and follow her dreams and not stop, even very adamant about her the girls having their own bedroom because she never got to have that being able to give all these things. But because of the expectation of society, she fell apart because she had to let go of so many things to sacrifice for things around her. And no matter what choice she made, she was wrong by societal standards. And I, th I think it's interesting. I know one of the criticisms to the book was that we don't know the full, like, the breakdown, her life now, what is happening. It was just more of a look back on a setup. It was like a setup without an, an actual ending to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are like, really like, what, what just happened? But it was, it, I think this was book was a big commentary. And I know that um, uh, Cho really wanted to show her aside, what she went through and the things that she had to let go of. She got to write a book finally, but it took all of the suffering to get to this point. And I find that interesting in itself. It is a commentary about the lack of understanding and lack of rights for women at any social standard. So, yeah, that, it definitely had a big audience because as simple as the book was in its telling and as short as it was, it was a slap to the face of the society of South Korea and where they were at that point in time. Yeah, and it clearly resonated with a mm -hmm. lot of people for it mm -hmm. to get picked up like that. And also one of the quotes I included where she's talking about like, there were all these, you know, positive movements for women's equality. And then there were all these like backtracking and the mixed signals were so confusing. Like that, I felt like was really powerful because it is true. It's like you're being told, oh yeah, we expect you to do all this stuff now and you can go and be anything you want to be. But then there's all these other things that are telling you, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> So I, I felt like that was a really powerful thing. And then also what you said, like the fact that there's like, quote, not an ending. I mean, and that's, this could be me reading too deep, but I feel like that's sort of, you know, the story is still being written. Like the, her story is still ongoing. This discussion around women in South Korea is still ongoing. So yeah, I mean, it really did. It caused a lot of conversation and it, it a lot of people really connected with it. Yeah. So this is an award-winning book in South Korea, as well as an award-winning film in South Korea. Again, it really brought a lot of attention to different things. I think a lot of the K-dramas that I've been talking about actually came after the fact um, and started telling this big story. I just watched one recently called uh, Because This Is Her First Life, and it talks about harassment in the workplace and women not being able to move up. So it was really, really interesting. A uh, lot more spicy, like unexpected. I was like, whoa, they're talking about condoms here. What the hell? <laughs> but the fact is that they come to the point that, that women are starting to get tired. But that conversation is, yes, it looks like society is moving forward, but tradition holds them back. And there's, it's really hard to move forward when you have 
societal looks, whether it's other women, whether it's members of your family telling you keep to the old ways and you will be criticized for doing the new ways. So you better be ready. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure this is something we'll come back and, and talk about more. Uh because there was a lot going on. It's it, again, we say this all the time, but these books, we a lot of times we have to choose shorter books. Not that we don't want to read them, but we kind of are like time wise. Yeah. <laughs> but it packs so much in and yeah. like so much in for for something of its length. Um, so highly recommend it. Go check it out. And in the meantime. Uh, if you would like to recommend another book for us, uh, for our next book club, you can. Our email is stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. You can also find us on YouTube. We have a book. You can pre-order it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.